0: You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with Citywide Home Loans. In the studio this morning, we have our MVP guest host, Ala Rubenstein with Signature Properties. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Have you ever wondered if you can use cryptocurrency to purchase a home? What are the rules or guidelines for using cryptocurrency? Today, we discuss strategies and possibilities for using cryptocurrency in real estate And Ala's going to school us a little bit on cryptocurrency and blockchain. How are you, Ala?
1: Good. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Good. Thanks so much for
0: joining me on the show. All right. Stay tuned for a triple play of Denver's hottest listings. And a quick note that citywide home loans and signature properties are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Ala, thanks so much for joining us And being our MVP guest host on the show today, tell us a little about yourself and your experience here in real estate.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. Um, I've been a Coloradan since 2009, Uh, originally came out here for graduate school at DU, go pioneers, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and kind of fell in love with Colorado ever since. Um, I got into real estate more for uh, personal investing and helping family out. And that kind of uh, transpired into something bigger uh, than I ever imagined. And so um, started out first getting licensed here in Denver, and then uh, about four years ago relocated to the Gunnison Valley. I currently service uh, buyers and sellers in Crested Butte. And um, as a small town, as you can imagine, we kind of do it all, residential, commercial, land, ranches, you name it. So um, that's a little bit about me. Awesome.
0: So, and and you had mentioned you're now out in uh, Crested Butte area, um, and you've been there for four years. Is that right?
1: Just about, yeah. Awesome.
0: Um, and so you sort of you started out here in the Denver area helping out various clients. And who are you working with out here?
1: Um, well, I actually did start out with Brokers Guild uh, yep. as my very first. Yep. Uh, and then. Uh, joined Signature Properties from there, so it's been a great experience working with them. Well, that's a
0: great area, and you were telling me before the show, Allah, over the last couple of years, you guys also have experienced the boom that we've seen here in Denver. What clients were you helping out over the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, kind of a unique phenomenon happening in Gunnison Valley uh, in that a couple of things happened. One, Vail Resorts bought Uh, The mountain at Crested Butte. So we had a bit of a uptick and boom with skiers coming out and sort of newly discovering our area. And then uh, with the pandemic, we had what they were calling the zoom boom and a lot of people looking for more space to get out of cities to um, change up their lifestyle and really escape into rural places like ours. So we had a lot of people moving over from the Front Range, from other metropolitan areas to Crested Butte to kind of experience that healthy lifestyle that um, is really a big benefit there.
0: The Zoom boom. I hadn't heard that term before. I'm going to have to use that one again, Al. I like that. Uh, well, that's great, Al. It sounds like you've been able to uh, to really help out a lot of clients there in the Crested Butte area. Before we dive into cryptocurrency and blockchain um, and all the fun stuff we uh, we are going to get into today, I always like to ask agents, kind of what are you seeing boots on the ground? And, and your perspective is going to be a little bit different there in Crested Butte, which I love. Talk to us. We we are certainly experienced a slowdown here in the Denver area. Uh, I would say since probably, I mean, really, I think we noticed it back in like May, um, sort of a slowdown since then, but, but a true slowdown this past fall and winter. Uh, we're starting to see some signs that things are picking up a little bit here. What are you seeing in Crested Butte?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I think it's not. Too different in that sense, and that the market certainly cooled post pandemic. Um, But we had just the craziest couple of years that I think it's been a real relief for not just buyers, but also agents who um, were, you know, really juggling quite a bit. I think now there's a lot of great opportunities for buyers. Um, and we have uh, a lot of different price points that fit different types of buyers. We have a great luxury market, a lot of land opportunities. So it's it's really um, a good time for people to start looking again.
0: Awesome. All right, let's shift gears a little bit here. Alla. Let's let's talk about cryptocurrency and blockchain. And and I love that you you are dialing into this, you're really educating yourself in this area when it comes to real estate and just cryptocurrency and investing in and of itself. You actually gave me a call what, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago and asked me, you know, what can we do in terms of cryptocurrency when it comes to purchasing homes? And unfortunately, I didn't have a lot to provide for you. Um, there isn't a lot you can do in terms of purchasing the home itself. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. But before we get there, talk to us just about the very basics of cryptocurrency.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, it's a good place to start to just differentiate between cryptocurrency and blockchain. I think people often conflate the two and put too much heavy emphasis on the price volatility um, that they might hear about in the news. But it's really important to note that we're talking about two distinct things. Uh, Blockchain is the technology itself itself. It's the platform on which everything else is built and essentially the system that maintains a digital ledger across multiple computers, similar to how your central bank might keep a digital ledger of your money going in and out. This is a digital ledger maintained um, through cryptographic code, so decentralized. Cryptocurrency, on the other hand, is what you would use to transact on the blockchain. So Bitcoin, I'm sure many listeners uh, are familiar with Bitcoin. It's the most popular cryptocurrency that most people have heard of. Um, But it is just one of over 20,000 plus different types of tokens and coins. And it has a specific utility. It's really used to uh, transact on the blockchain. So crypto uh, currency as a term also fits into a broader bucket of digital assets which can include things like NFTs and smart contracts which have become super popular in the real estate transaction marketplace.
0: Wait a second, did you just say there's over 20,000 cryptocurrencies?
1: Well, let's be clear. Not all of them are going to survive and not all of them might be great ideas, but that just goes to show you how big this ecosystem is and how many people are innovating in it.
0: That's crazy. And, and I, you know, honestly, I, I'm a little surprised by that number, but I don't know that I'm terribly surprised by it. I mean, um, I watch enough of the financial channels on TV and and read enough online to know that obviously cryptocurrency is something it's, it's a major topic of conversation right now. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that believe in its validity and, and what it can do and, and that it may be the future of currency. Right. So. It doesn't surprise me there's a lot of different people that want to try to get in, in that and maybe even create their own type of currency, right?
1: Well, and so, I, I would just add that, uh, you know, if we look to the early 90s of the Internet age, there were thousands of companies innovating in the dot-com bubble, many of which went away eventually. Uh, there was a lot of consolidation and a lot of... Um, you know, ideas that didn't really pan out. So I think that's kind of where we're at in the blockchain space right now is the it, equivalent of the It's early a 90s. great
0: comparison. I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, a few will survive. Many will probably not. But at the end of the day, we're still using the internet. We still have websites, and there's still, you know, from an investment standpoint, money to be made from from these entities. Uh, tell me a little bit. What types of blockchains are there?
1: Yeah. So, uh, not everybody might be aware that there are different types of blockchains. Um, There are what are called public and private blockchains. So, in a public blockchain, for example, anybody can participate in it. It's open source, um, it's really used to um, invite everybody to participate in that ecosystem, as opposed to something like a private blockchain. I'll give you one example. IBM's Hyperledger, for example, is a private blockchain. It's really used by uh, an entity to grant permission to specific Parties And then they limit that access. So there are dozens of blockchains out there. Um, some popular ones that people might be familiar with besides the Bitcoin blockchain is Ethereum. Again, that's the one that hosts a lot of these smart contracts is really being leveraged in real estate. Um, so that's just a very simplified uh example of two different types of blockchains.
0: And I'm really excited, Allah, because you're actually teaching a class later today on blockchain and cryptocurrency for some real estate agents here in town. Um, Or I guess you're teaching that on Thursday. But I'm very excited because of the extent to which the class takes all of this information. Really what you're doing is you're providing, hopefully, answers to a lot of questions, general questions that people have. Um, one of the things, one, part of your presentation includes wallets and exchanges. Can you talk to us a little bit about wallets, exchanges, maybe similarities and differences between the two?
1: Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, just on its most basic level, uh, wallets are what they sound like. They're how you store your digital assets. Um, but rather than picturing something in your pocket – They can live online or in a physical form. Um, There, again, are different types of wallets. You can have ones that look like a thumb drive, or you can have ones that you log into on the internet. Uh, And then exchanges are, again... Probably uh, for those of you who invest or trade stocks or are familiar with online exchanges, they o- operate similar to that, where you can exchange different types of cryptocurrencies or different types of digital assets in a market ecosystem.:
0: Awesome. Uh, how do you set these up? Like where, how would if I wanted to set up a wallet or uh, go to an exchange to do you purchase stuff on exchanges? Is that how it works? Or are you exchanging actual cryptocurrencies and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, um, that's an excellent question. Um, So I would definitely encourage, and I should have started with my disclaimer that this is not financial advice, uh, nor am I a financial advisor. Uh, But just for the sake of learning and understanding this better, I would really recommend that everybody tinker and play around with these different systems, just so you get a handle on how they work and see it for yourself. But Um, Many of the exchanges will allow you to convert your U.S. dollar into digital assets, Um, and we are seeing more regulation come into play where you will be asked for your ID, for example, or your social security number, and they do go through KYC AML standards. Um, And then there are others that might not, um, and they fall under different buckets and different regulatory standards. But um, all this is to say that you can um, you know, convert as little as five US dollars into, for example, Bitcoin and just see how it works, see how those wallets get set up.
0: So how do I want to phrase this question? So from a regulatory standpoint, what does what the landscape look like right now for cryptocurrencies? As you just mentioned, and I, and I think most of us know by now, I can take some money from my bank account and I can go and purchase cryptocurrencies through an exchange, right? Um what does that regulatory sta- landscape look like? How is the government, the federal government, and probably more importantly, the IRS looking at those types of transactions? And I understand that you're not a CPA and you're not a financial advisor. You probably want to disclaim that. But what are you seeing out there?
1: Yeah. Um, so right now it's a super hot topic. Uh, I, I should say it's been a hot topic since the first Bitcoin uh, was created in 2008, but it's especially a hot topic in light of what we saw in uh, 2022, just last year with the FTX fallout. Um, And um, essentially, the U.S. government is very interested in providing clarity uh, and regulation around this new technology, Um, not just for, uh, you know, preventing things like uh, what happened with FTX, but really with protecting consumers, investors and issuers and banks Uh, And most importantly, the U.S., I I think, doesn't really want to be uh, China in the specific example that China flat out banned cryptocurrency at one point, which sent a lot of the innovation uh, to other countries. So what we're seeing is that the U.S. is kind of walking this tightrope of not wanting to stifle innovation, but also not having, um, you know, guidelines that are going to prevent um, you know, some of these folks flooding out. And I think we saw, again, something similar happen um, earlier on with Silicon Valley, right? We uh, The U.S. really incentivized a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of businesses in the internet age to innovate and keep those ideas here. Um, and I think ultimately that's what we're hoping to see with blockchain.
0: You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you'd like to get in touch with Allah Rubenstein to talk about cryptocurrency, blockchain, buying or selling your next home anywhere in Colorado. Uh, Ala can be reached at 970-305-5517. All right, Ala, this is part of the show where I get to talk about the hottest listings going on. Um, I've got some great ones here. First one is Mark Scanlon and Ted King. They've got a great Great place here at 4504 West Gill Place in Denver. It's on the market at 529900 It's a single-family residence with just under 1,500 square feet. Three beds, two bath. Don't miss seeing this totally remodeled ranch style home in vibrant upcoming Westwood neighborhood. It's got a kitchen with addition in the basement. Uh, your mother in law suite apartment would be ready for your entire family. Uh, reach out to Mark Scanlon or Ted King at 303 435 4264. And the next one that I've got here is Jim Kane, uh, Managing Broker with Brokers Guild. Uh, he's got a great listing at 3500 South Corona Street, Unit 502 in Englewood. This one's on the market at $570,000. It is a great condominium. And it is just over 1,100 square feet with two beds and two baths. Enjoy the urban lifestyle in the heart of Englewood's Hospital Medical District. Unique west-facing corner unit with breathtaking Colorado mountain views. If you'd like some more information on this property, reach out to Jim Kane at 720-205-7226. And finally, Carol Devon Young has a great listing at 1530 South Quebec Way, Unit 73 in Denver, $535,000 townhome. It's got just under 2,300 square feet, four bedrooms, four bathrooms. This is a really good-sized townhome. Seller concessions offered to assist buyer to buy down the rate or to assist with closing costs. $1,000 paying allowance. Crest Advantage 13-month home warranty gifted to the buyer at closing. This townhome features an extensive front porch, a lot of really, really nice features. If you'd like some more information on this property, reach out to Carol Young at 720-404-7926. Ala, we're going to jump back into cryptocurrency. We're going to change gears a little bit. Talk to me about how cryptocurrency and blockchain apply in real estate.
1: Yeah, so... I think, um, you know, the time we have will just barely scratch the surface. I (laughs) don't think we could do it justice. But it's probably fair. (laughs) Ultimately, anyone that's worked in the industry or even if you've just purchased a property, you know how sometimes archaic and clunky and inefficient the real estate industry can be. Um, Just as an example, we have about 600 MLSs in the U.S. and I think about 14 in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. probably
0: about right, yep.
1: None of which talk to each other. And so just the idea of sourcing data and pulling information from one centralized place um, is a challenge. Um, Then there are things like legal inconsistencies across counties and states. Like I, for example, am only licensed in Colorado. I'd have to go elsewhere to figure out what their laws are. So um, there are companies innovating in things like document transfer, deeds, escrow, Uh, title, lending um, within the blockchain space, all pretty much to do three key things. One is to speed up those settlement times. Um, Two is to make it more cost effective. And three, to make it more secure. Now, again, we can go down many, many rabbit holes, but I think those three could really uh, affect pretty much every aspect of the real estate transaction process. So,
0: What they're trying to do is make these transactions more secure, right? And so does that mean that – it sounds to me almost like like cryptocurrency or crypto, I don't know, companies or blockchain are sort of leading the way when it comes to security, internet security, that kind of thing. Is that sort of what you're seeing is that they have to be secure because of the nature of their business already. How can they help the real estate industry and probably other industries as well conduct their transactions in a more secure manner?
1: Um, Yeah, almost. In in the sense that blockchain technology itself, by nature of the cryptography that makes it run, uh, is more secure and safer. And so that technology can then be leveraged across many, many different applications to help other systems be more secure by being put on the blockchain or employing the blockchain.
0: Makes sense. So, and I think this is a great time to kind of step in and talk a little bit about mortgages, crypto, real estate, those kinds of things. And in the nature of mortgages when it comes to cryptocurrency, at least in the eyes of your traditional lenders, your Fannie Mae, your Freddie Mac, FHA, VA loans, which are what we would consider to be your traditional loan types, they do not allow for direct transactions with cryptocurrency. And so what that means is if you have cryptocurrency, you almost have to liquidate it in a sense and put it into an actual bank account. You have to liquidate the cryptocurrency, put it in a bank account, and then purchase the home with the funds from the bank account as opposed to just purchasing the home with a Bitcoin or a different type of cryptocurrency. Is that your understanding? Is that what you're seeing in the marketplace as well?
1: So there are a couple of things. What you described, um, so currently uh, cryptocurrency is being treated as property, so it's subject to short and long-term capital gains. And so, yes, if you're, liquidating your digital assets to purchase a home, you are subject to those capital gains. Um, There are some alternatives that are being proposed and have already taken place. Uh, Again, this is very, very new. Uh, There is risk involved. There are different guidelines and rules and regulations that apply. Uh, But I'll give you a couple of examples. So there are what are called crypto-backed mortgages. And so you can collateralize your digital assets. Instead of collateralizing your home, you're putting up those digital assets in exchange for a fiat loan in U.S. dollar, for example. Um, There are ways that you could also just – Uh, lend or borrow money for the purchase of your home with digital assets. Um, And they are also popping up some crypto mortgage companies. So there is a lot of innovation happening in this space. Again, it's relatively new um, and would be happy to um, chat with people after the radio show if they're curious to learn more about that.
0: And if somebody does want to reach out to you to chat more, what's the best phone number for you?
1: Nine seven zero three zero five 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 one seven.
0: All right, perfect. So um, it sounds to me like, from a mortgage standpoint, there are some emerging companies, some emerging ideas, probably emerging technologies that are starting to kind of play with the idea of allowing cryptocurrency to be used to purchase a home and and have a mortgage there to back it up unlike you know Fannie Mae Freddie Mac FHA VA um Is there any – and have you run into it at all where people are paying – and I'm going to say cash in quotes, but are they buying homes just straight up with cryptocurrency?
1: Yeah, so what you're describing is called a wallet-to-wallet transaction. Uh, So, for example, if I, as the buyer, want to use my Bitcoin to purchase a home and the seller from whom I'm buying is willing to accept my Bitcoin – I can send that directly to the seller. Uh, Of course, we can involve other parties to facilitate the transaction, include escrow, title, et cetera. Um, But we can also facilitate a wallet-to-wallet transaction.
0: You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Denver 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. And if you'd like to get in touch with Ala Rubenstein to talk about cryptocurrency, blockchain, buying or selling your next home, Ala can be reached at 970-305-5517. Allah, talk to me a little bit about what do you think the future of real estate looks like Uh, with blockchain technology in in relation to maybe like the metaverse and some of the other stuff that we're seeing out there.
1: You love opening up cans of worms here, Jonathan. I do, I do. (laughs) Um, So for me personally, I think that real estate in the near future will likely just incorporate a lot of new systems and new technologies to help streamline the entire process from offer to close and also to help uh, investors, commercial real estate, the the whole spectrum of the real estate market. Um, again, I think it will help make it faster, cheaper, and easier to transact and eliminate a lot of the pain points that we're seeing in the traditional market. So I don't necessarily think that robots are going to take over our jobs in our industry. I do think that um, we will need to adapt and learn new tools so that we can help our uh, clients and consumers.
0: Basically, the logistics and the administrative piece to purchasing a home or purchasing a property, it sounds like there, there's a lot of room for improvement there um, in terms of speed and security. And it sounds like there are companies out there that, that probably have access to this technology. It's just a matter of how can we relate that technology, which is currently being used for the most part for cryptocurrencies and blockchains. How can we utilize that and take advantage of it with transactions within real estate?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I'll speak uh, for myself as my role as a realtor. Our job is to really walk people through the home buying process. We're the experts who are in this space constantly. The consumer might not know all the ins and outs. So, with these new tools, with this new technology, hopefully, we can facilitate that process better from that uh, for them and get them through less paperwork and a better service um, without all the frustrations.
0: I, I mean. It- Tons of incredibly good information, Al. We've got just a couple of minutes left here. I think we could probably talk about this for a couple more hours if we had the time. Uh, but really appreciate all the information that you've provided today. Um, where do you see real estate agents? I mean, you just kind of mentioned it, right? Like, you don't think that real estate agents are going to go away, but I, I, I really think that um, their position could change quite a bit. And in, in what do you think... From your standpoint, having been in the industry for a while now and having this knowledge of uh, cryptocurrency, blockchain, and how this technology can really help and benefit, what do you think that means for the real estate market and probably more specifically for the agent specifically?
1: Yeah, um, look, uh, you know, in our industry, uh, incorporating new tech isn't new, especially if you're looking at things like marketing, um, you know, your business as a real estate agent. Um, we've already embraced uh, business profiles on the internet, uh, getting on Facebook and creating a business profile there. Some of you are doing amazing dances on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I think this is one more tool in your toolbox. Um, the need for strong customer service skills will always be essential, um, that it, right now in my opinion can't be replaced by amazing tech um and again the knowledge of the local market understanding the process start to finish um those things will still be needed by human interaction and so um I think that you know we will still be essential in uh, that role of facilitating the transaction but we really will need to rely on new avenues to, attract a different uh buyer and hopefully more clients um with fewer restrictions.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think at the end of the day what we're talking about here is hundreds of thousands if not million dollar transactions, right? And I think that for the majority of the population out there these will be the biggest transactions of their lives financially, right? And so I think that the level of, and you hit it now on the head, customer service that you can provide as an agent while having access to all these great tools and technologies to make everything else a little bit easier, if you can provide that level of customer service, both on the lending side and the real estate side, that you're going to have a place in this industry for a while. But I do think you're going to have to be able to adapt to some of these technologies and the way that the marketplace and the industry is changing in and of itself.
1: Yeah, and just one thing that I want to add is that historically, there have been a lot of people who have been left out of the real estate market uh, for a number of reasons. Um, they may not have had uh, traditional uh, proof of assets, for example, because they work non-traditional jobs, or they are immigrants or people of color. Um, there have been a lot of people who've been marginalized from the real estate market, and this technology, I think, can already see how it's expanding the pool and the possibility for buyers who have uh, not been able to leverage this for intergenerational wealth. And I think it's a fantastic tool.
0: Excellent information today, Ala. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. If you'd like to get in touch with Ala Rubenstein to talk about buying or selling your next home, Ala can be reached at 303-929-1667. Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing for your next home or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303-921-5747. Don't miss next week's show right here on ESPN Denver 1600 every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. You can find past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com.